And so Paul wrote this letter, and he said, let me set this all straight for you. And he gave them a crystal clear outline. First, he said, I want you to know that one day there's going to be a return. One day the Lord Jesus is going to come out of the skies, and he's going to come into the heavens. And the Bible says he will come with a shout and the voice of an archangel and the trump of God. He's not going to send his angels. It won't be the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be John the Baptist. The Lord himself will return. You have to want to be there for your, for your people. Put it right now. Okay, this is a podcast going on. You know what I'm saying? John here doing my favorite thing on a Sunday afternoon. You're listening to the American Freedom and God podcast. Presented by JPF and Associates and the JohnPFox.com training portal and classroom where we share commentary, wisdom, and counsel. This is a weekly podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, welcome to another episode of the American Freedom and God podcast with your host, John P. Fox. Uh, today we got Trump and CPAC, uh, the Handy Show, Americans being censored. What's that one about? And today's hope message will be with Dr. David Jeremiah on the Prophetic Times. Today's title is The Series of Events and What is to Come. So I just want to start by saying I am your captain. That was Grand Funk Railroad from the 70s. <laughs> that just shows my age right there, doesn't it? Uh, I'm just saying, I am your captain because this podcast is one of the many, it is my ship, and it is one of the many ships that are in this battle together, guys. Uh, the battle of life, the battle of understanding, the battle of maintaining freedoms. I think we're just... Everything it seems to be much of a battle. And um, so as far as that goes on this podcast, I am your captain, though I'm feeling mighty sick. <laughs> We're going to trawl through this. And so everybody batten down the hatches and let's get this done. All right. So anyway, uh, I, I just today's monologue is, is going to be about something just slightly Different than say the sound bites that I brought. So, cause I did bring, uh, we got Trump at CPAC giving a speech. It's, uh, you know, it is basic Trump speech, but he's making some, some promises, uh, that, uh, changes that will be made. And it's very interesting that 
somebody can return after all that has been, you know, thrown at him. You know, the bombs and the arrows and everything that's been thrown at this man can still return. You know, and who 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 is better for it? Because we need some. We don't need a newbie that that can't take it, and it ends up, you know lying down we need somebody that's hey very much a veteran at this kind of thing and, and has been through the ringer and knows exactly how to handle it so that is a good point right there the handy show today we're going to see what uh who's sean interviewing today what are they talking about it's it's as recent as monday night the 6th of march so we're going to see what was going on there we have also, um, we're going to be listening to something of what Tom Fitton is talking about from Judicial Watch about Americans being censored. And that's always on the top of the list, guys. We need to know what uh, Judicial Watch is up to because they are making a lot of ground here in Poland for the patriotic American freedoms that we all enjoy and live with every day of our life every time you come step out of your shower into the world you know out of your home into the world it's all because you're free to do it and it's taking a lot of people are wanting to destroy that but it's just in an indirect way so that you don't realize it and they they want a global economy a global government a global leader and but you know when god created us he created the nations it's written all throughout the bible i didn't bring you a number how many times the nations are mentioned in the bible but i'm sure it's a huge number god is all about the nations and not our globalist um so and then at the hope message part of this podcast one of the greatest bible scholars that god has ever created and speaks about the prophetic times dr david jeremiah so let's get right into it, guys. Again, welcome to the American Freedom and God podcast with your host, John P. Fox, your captain. Okay, <laughs> enough of that one, right? Um, so I just wanted to go into a question. I want to start with a question for everybody. What is victory? There's a person that uh, has did a motivational speech, and they have explained that if you follow these guidelines and you do these things and you stick to it every day, you will achieve victory. And also there's a person that feels uh, very successful in life. And if you ask them about their success, they'll say, I have victory. <laughs> when, uh, when a running back runs across into the end zone for a touchdown. Is that victory? Not necessarily. It is for that running back though, isn't it? He broke four tackles. He outran three other defensive ends. Oh no, it's only two defensive ends. <laughs> okay, a two defensive ends and one linebacker. <laughs> and he made it into the end zone in his own little way. That's victory. It's victory. And another way you might say that's victory for that running back, even though their team didn't necessarily win the game, and achieve victory that way that but that running back achieved victory by getting to the end zone because the coach is going to give him a pat usually in football it's on the back side <laughs> but you know pat on a pat on the shoulder pat on the back for doing that for getting it into the end zone and the coach notices that and the coach sees that and so for the next uh game He's going to play that running back again. First string running back. That, in, in its own little way, is a victory for that running back. But what is victory? 
Guys, in a nutshell, I just want to tell you, victory is when you know 100% for a fact that you're doing the God's will. So there are things you might be doing and it's frustrating you and you're just going to keep going at it till you get it right. And you're going to go ahead and kick the kick a, um, a can, you know, that's laying there on the ground in frustration. But you're going to tell yourself, I got to figure out what I'm doing wrong. I got to fix this. And you're going to go back to the drawing board and you're going to keep trying until you so-called achieved victory. But here's the thing. When we uh, think we're achieving victory, it's not necessarily what it is at all because it is us thinking it. And, and there are a lot of people that are doing things right now that uh, they think they ought to be doing when it's indeed not, in fact, the will of God what they're doing. Dr. David Jeremiah was explaining on his radio show that if, if he would have gotten his own way, he would never be pastoring the church that he's pastoring right now. When he first got there, he didn't, he didn't want to, he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. But for some reason, he said that he kept getting this word from God. And I don't, I'm not saying that he gets an audible in his ear. I'm saying that he, the signs kept overwhelming him to go back to that church and try again and learn, you know, go to the seminary, learn the stuff and, and do what I want you to do. He said he kept overwhelming him and overwhelming him. And then he got too stubborn to quit. Once he realizes what God wanted him to do, he stepped in with both feet. Hey, we discovered that, uh, you know, a lot of people trying to fill these shoes fail. But the pastor before him is gone now, right? So he passed. He went to go to be with the Lord. And now Dr. David Jeremiah is taking his place as a young, brand new pastor. And he's like, yeah, a lot of people that try to follow the shoes uh, fail. If of a legend, you know, follow the shoes of a great one before you. You got three or four coaches after the legend um, Lombardi uh, from the Green Bay Packers is gone. The next three or four coaches are, are a failure because it, it's very hard to fill the shoes of a legend. You're going to get on stage after the the, the main event as a, as a filler uh, group or as a follow-up group. You're probably going to get booed back off the stage because the legends that were just on there before you took the show. I don't think it actually works that way, though. I think the uh, you go on before the legend. <laughs> That's by design, though, because, again, legends' shoes are hard to fill. So um, making the point there, Dr. David Jeremiah stuck with it, and, it, and he is exactly where God wants him to be. If not for him, I think about 70% of God's word that I have clarified now in my brain would not have happened without Dr. David Jeremiah. And since I was, he was my go-to uh, on the way to work every morning, as far as who, who to listen to teaching uh, Holy Scriptures. And there, there, there are many choices, and many of the other ones added to it. But uh, i got to give credit to David Jeremiah. Most of uh, what clarified God's Word for me came from him. So he is exactly where God wanted him to be, and there are reasons beyond our understanding. <laughs> it's far beyond our understanding, but I will tell you this. It's prophetic. So, and that is, the, the title is, uh, of, of his sermon today is The Prophetic Times. The title of this podcast today is The Series of Events and What is to Come. But before I got into the sound bites, I just wanted to make sure we know the difference between 
victory of, say, from a motivational speaker teaching you how to be a success in life, because that might not be successful at all. And victory uh, is achieved in the differences, you know, the, the, the victory that's achieved by knowing you're doing exactly what you're called to do. That, my friends, is what victory is. When David took down Goliath, the, the odds were against him. But he knew the Lord called him to do it, and he knew it was going to work, and he ran towards the giant. He didn't run back from the giant, knowing full well if he misses, he's done, and he didn't care. He did that because it was the will of God, and so he achieved victory. That, that's the real victory. He, he, he might not even have had any money that, that in, in those times. And even in, if it were in 2023, and there was a David uh, throwing a, a rock at a Goliath and achieving victory in 2023, you can be broke. You could be out of money and still be provided for every day of your life and the happiest person on the planet just because you, you're doing the will of God. It doesn't matter how much money you have, but you have victory. So you're always happy. And I'm kind of thinking, I'm doing his will. And so I'm going to keep doing that until something slaps me upside the head. Showing me that it's not his will. But if it, if that doesn't happen, then I'm enabled to keep doing this. Then that's exactly what his will must be, right? So don't get mixed up with the victory of the motivational speaker and the victory of our Lord. Today, we're going to go into the first sound bite. I want to see, I wanted to play this for you so that you could also hear it. What is, uh, what is Trump saying over at CPAC DC 2023? Let's, let's listen in for a minute, guys. 16. But they say, we want to run against Trump. In the meantime, they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars trying to find just a single word, a sentence, anything to prosecute Trump because they don't want to run against me. That's what they say. We want to run against Trump. We'll do anything to run against Trump. Uh, they have the greatest line of bullshit of any group of people. I've ever seen. Want to run against him? But at the same time, they send people from the Justice Department to the local DA's office of Manhattan. Do you know the Justice Department sent their top people to the Manhattan DA's office to help? in the prosecution of Trump. This way, we have it a little bit away from Washington. It's local. Oh, we had nothing to do. But their top guy was put in that office to help prosecute Trump. How would you like to have my life? Would anybody like my life? But I still like it. <laughs> but they want to try and find anything they can when they've already been exonerated. I've been exonerated many times. You take a look at what this meant. I mean, time after time. But all of this is happening for one single reason. They know that when we return to power, we will bring their lies and their corruption and their disinformation tumbling down. Our getting back in the White House is their worst nightmare, but it is our country's only hope. It's our only hope. If we don't get back, now this country can't take it. Even the two years, and now fortunately it's less than that. It's hard to believe it's less. We used to say four years. A lot of people said, well, sir, the election was so bad, you'll be in 
in one year, a lot of people in this room, you'll be back in six weeks, sir. But it's a bad system in many ways, very bad, very dangerous system. But nobody else can do it but us. In recent weeks, I've been laying out a bold, detailed agenda for how we're going to complete this mission in our next term. I do weekly statements, and people are liking them. Today, I want to go through some of our big plans that I will do as the 47th President of the United States. Thank you. At the top of my list, we'll be stopping the slide into costly and never-ending wars. We've got to stop it. Can't keep spending hundreds of billions of dollars protecting people that don't even like us. Now, you know, in business, if you did that, what you do is you put up the money and then you say, but listen, we own half your country in case you win. You know, you take a piece of the upside, right? We get nothing. In fact, the opposite. We put up the money, and then after it's finished, assuming it's successful, let's say it's successful, they don't want to even talk to us. No, nope, you have nothing to do with us. Get out of here. You have nothing. No, no. In business, you put up money, seed money, call it whatever you want. You end up owning the country by the time it's over. And the only reason they're doing well is we're giving them the greatest equipment that I bought, the greatest equipment <laughs> ever made. And the only reason they're doing well with NATO is I raised $440 billion from countries that weren't paying anything. And the Secretary General Stoltenberg, a good man, he said it's one of the greatest jobs I've ever seen. I hope he still says that, but uh, one of the greatest jobs. He said Obama would come and make a speech. Bush would come, make a speech, and then they'd leave. I came, I looked, I said, man, these people aren't paying. We're paying for the whole thing, practically. Of the 28 countries at the time, only eight were paid out. 20 weren't, including Germany. They paid a fraction of what they were supposed to be paying. And I said to him, either you pay, or we're not going to protect you. And a man stood up, a president of a country stood up, and he said, sir, could I ask you a question? This was around table with nobody in the room but the presidents, prime ministers, and dictators, okay? Some of them are all the same. But they stood up, and he stood up and said, sir, can I ask you a question? Uh, if we don't pay up, and if we get attacked by Russia, will you protect us, sir? I said, now you're not paid up, right? That's right. You're delinquent, right? Yes. I will not protect you from Russia. Sir, we'll send you a check tomorrow, sir. We'll send you a check tomorrow. It will be sent by overnight mail, sir. I promise you'll have it tomorrow. Now, if I said, like the stupid politicians say, absolutely will be, you know, Article 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, where well, you're supposed to do it. But those articles all suppose that you're supposed to be paid up. But let's say I said the opposite. Let's, yes, we will always protect you. I took a lot of heat. Because they said, I'm not a good member. Actually, NATO wouldn't even exist if I didn't get them to pay up. But they paid up $449 billion or something. And that's the money they use. They're rich as hell right now. They spent an office building that cost $3 billion. It's like a skyscraper in Manhattan laid on its side. It's one of the longest buildings I've ever seen. And I said, you should have, instead of spending $3 billion, you should have spent 
$500 million, building the greatest bunker you've ever seen. Because Russia didn't, wouldn't even need an airplane attack. One tank, one shot through that beautiful glass building and it's gone. Same architect I used in Chicago, great architects, but they didn't have war in mind. But when things happened, that building would be gone in about 15 minutes. They should have spent a $500 million bunker, nice thick ceiling, six inches, six feet of concrete. And by the way, we have a great gentleman. Speaking of China, will you please stand up? Gordon, stand up, please. Gordon Chow. And these are ordinary, everyday, patriotic, loving people that live, born, and raised in what uh, coastal liberals like to call flyover country. In this case, they're in D.C., but these are the conservatives in the audience of CPAC. They are ordinary, patriotic Americans. And many of their friends are across the aisle. Many of their friends are with them uh, in their uh, quest to remain free here in America. And so I just wanted to play that for you guys. I wanted to make sure that we did hear a few words from uh, what's to come. The series of events of what is to come is today's title. And we just went to CPAC and we listened in as probably the most famous speaker uh, of all of CPAC was, was talking in that one. Now, what we'll do here is find out what Tom Fitton is talking about. You know what I have here? I have a newsletter. I just want to read a couple of these headlines, if I can. A Judicial Watch uh, has uh, today's top stories. Former NIH Director Francis Collins emails reveal British physicians and scientists group recommended ivermectin for preventions and treatment of COVID-19. So the former NIH director, Francis Collins, has uh, e emails, his emails reveal that he recommended the ivermectin before it turned into a political thing and became, uh, you know, well, this is a horse tranquilizer. Oh, yeah, but there's also the people usage of uh, type too. There's more than one type of ivermectin. Ivermectin can actually prevent and treat COVID-19 and keep everybody from, all these people from dying. Don't you dare say that. You're misinformation. That's it. You're done. Cancel. Canceled. <laughs> but here the, uh, the, the National Institute of Health director is already trying to, um, email the British, uh, to let them know, the British physicians to let them know and scientists, the group. To let them know. I'm not going to go into the story. I just wanted to read the headline. Arizona County sees 377% surge in human smuggling and a 610% hike in fentanyl under Biden. Okay, but that's not surprising. Ever since he took office and put down those first 490 executive orders, which was unconstitutional, by the way. I mean, an executive order or two is uh, to do, like in case of emergencies and, and uh, something's very drastic and we need a, a, the leadership of the executive branch to, to put out an order to try and uh, keep it from festering into anything worse to, for the protection of the country. Now, he gets in there and sets a new precedent for, for executive orders and just starts flying them off his desk 
as many as you can, whatever I want it to be. <laughs> yeah. All these executive orders will now be in effect from day one. But anyways, um, so 377% surge in human smuggling, 610% hike in fentanyl under Biden. And you can just go into the story if you want to know more. You know, you can go to judicialwatch.org and start reading these stories at any time, anytime you want. And there's a, I, I encourage people listening to donate whatever you can to judicial watch. They are getting a lot done, but it cost them a lot of money to do it. U.S. gives Central America $260 million in humanitarian aid uh, in failed effort to curb irregular migration. So Tom is going back through the archives of all the uh, cases that he's filed. And, you know, they put these things on hold that the courts do and sits around in the courts for for long periods of time. They, they want... They, they want you, you know, everything's legal, so they, they, they know they're going to hear the lawsuit, the case, but they can also drag it out until all kinds of new things play out and take place in years past, you know. So it's, he's, uh, he's telling you what's coming up to the table now, uh, and the, the Central America 260 million in humanitarian aid in a failed effort to curb irregular migration, uh, case, uh, is talked about here. And if you go down a little further in the newsletter, there's the must-read watchdog, which is also judicial watch. He calls it watchdog. There's uh, uh, 1.2 million inactive voters removed from the Los Angeles voter rolls. Woohoo! So we got almost, uh, you know, a million and a half voters that didn't belong there, huh? I bet they voted for the governor and for the uh, presidential election uh, last uh, in, in the last election in 2020. I bet they, those 1.2 million all voted, didn't they? And now they just now finally, thanks to Judicial Watch, got removed from those rules. So why did it have to happen after all the elections? Well, think about it. It sat in the courts. Judicial Watch, colon, federal court hearing scheduled in a lawsuit seeking details of meeting between the DOJ lawyers and the AP reporters regarding Trump's associate, Paul Manafort. Again, here's another case that's been sitting around in the courts for a long time. The federal court hearing scheduled in a lawsuit seeking details. Okay, this one's just uh, just now scheduled. But still, that was hey, the Paul Manafort, uh, DOJ lawyers and Paul Manafort thing was a long time ago. Judicial Watch sues DHS for records on election censorship. Nice. Um... There was one more. Oh, yeah, Biden caught red-handed censoring Americans. Let's see what he had to say about that real quick. Make it a, easier for Biden to get elected and then to stay elected. I mean, let's be blunt about it. I mean, it's, we know what the policy issues that they're pretending to be concerned about. But anything that gets in the way of their political agenda, they're willing to abuse the powers of government to censor by going through these big tech companies. And Judicial Watch hasn't been sitting on our laurels. On this issue, we've been suing to get access to the information about what's been going on in terms of the government censorship. Uh, we've had several lawsuits that have emerged just alone out of the Twitter files. And one thing you need to remember is that on one hand, you've got the Twitter files being released and Elon Musk has largely, I think, pulled back a lot of the censorship. But on the other hand, you've had the um, Facebook and, and, and Google just continue full throttle with the censorship and suppression. And I know it's still happening because Judicial Watch continues to be victimized by it.
As I've told you before, if I say the wrong thing on elections, YouTube will take it down. If I even mention COVID, oh, there it is. I mentioned it. Now there's going to be a label potentially put there by Facebook and or Google on YouTube um, saying, oh, Fitton said something about COVID. Uh, Here's something you might want to go look at, which suggests what I'm saying is wrong. And then if you go to share it on Facebook, they have a, um, a warning uh, email that pops up or a message that pops up saying, uh, you, you sure you want to share this garbage? It doesn't literally say that, but that's the implication. Further suppressing the content. Now, Twitter isn't doing that anymore. But uh, it's still a major issue uh, for Facebook and YouTube users and other Internet users and others, these other social media platforms, which are also enforcing left-wing ideological and partisan censorship of conservatives. It hasn't stopped. And Twitter, relatively speaking, doesn't have that many followers compared to Facebook and YouTube. I mean, Facebook has a billion plus followers, I think, right? A YouTube, you know, Twitter has maybe a few hundred million at most. So it's a, it's a fraction of the, the, uh, the targeting or those being victimized on Facebook by censorship. So the government would use these third-party intermediaries who would also go to social media platforms to get material taken down at the behest of the government. So they would also communicate with social media directly, and then they would use these other cutouts to also communicate on their behalf, the government would. And so this was exposed in congressional hearings, through Judicial Watch separate investigations, and through the Twitter files. And Judicial Watch has been in the forefront of getting more information and suing about these issues. We just sued, the, for instance, the Department of Homeland Security for records on this massive election censorship. We had asked for records related to the wor- work of this so-called election integrity partnership uh, that was, again, a, a way station for uh, illicit unconstitutional censorship of American citizens. We filed the lawsuit after DHS refused to comply with an October 27th, 2022 request. So we had asked for these records now, what, five, six months ago, and we still haven't gotten a record. So, and it wasn't like we were asking for a lot of emails here. There aren't, there can't be that many emails. If there are, then there's a bigger problem than we might think. So we wanted for all communications, direct messages, you know, records about um, uh, this election integrity partnership sent via this Atlas, Atlassian JIRA platform. Is it JIRA or JIRA? J-I-R-A. I don't know how it's pronounced. Between any official or employee of the Cybersecurity and Information Security Agency, which was this new agency that was stood up, that became a hotbed of anti-Trump, anti-First Amendment activism. I'm going to stop it right there. Um, well, you didn't actually specifically talk about the lawsuit that uh, Biden was caught red-handed uh, de- uh, censoring Americans. I think what he meant was the you know the, the Homeland Security uh, lawsuit, uh, and you know it's overseen by the Biden administration. Then again, I didn't watch the whole thing, so who knows. It's an ongoing thing, as uh, Tom is saying. As long as a person can get away with something or a group, they're going to keep doing it and get away with it. As soon as uh, power changes hands, however, you know they know it has. It, there's not much they can do at that point. So keep getting away with it while you keep while you still can. If Tom's going to mention something about COVID on YouTube. Take him down or warn him and give him the YouTube slap. 
<laughs> something like that. And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep doing that until we just can't no more. And that's coming real soon. Uh, I think there's going to be some major changes when, when power changes hands back into the patriotic uh, people that should be ruling uh, the democracy. You know, we talked about that in my book. I used to be a Democrat. One of the reasons I talked about it is because the book needs to be down to earth. It's not just... Um, I wasn't just angry. It, it is a book that talks about the United States government structure in one of its chapters. It, it ex explains what we've learned in college about the United States structure, and it explains everything we've learned. And at that time, the the information from the textbooks at Oklahoma State University was that a democracy is defined, literally defined, especially the American democracy, is literally defined as rule by the people. Those four words. There was no other explanation to the definition. It was just democracy equals rule by the people. So as soon as it's taken away from the people, it's no longer a democracy. And a republic is, the republic is, um, as it sounds, and, and in that republic, there is a part of, there is a form of government that has a label. So it could be socialism, it could be communism, it could be just a dictatorship, which is communism, or it can be democratic or a democracy. If it's democratic or a democracy, then it is the people, the represented, the, the represented by the government that rules. So uh, if I want um, a certain politician in office, I'll go to the ballot and vote for him. And in that way, I'm being represented. This country is ruled by the people who go to the ballot, not by the leader that took the office. So the, in the book, we make that distinction and we make it very clear, and it is what we were taught in the college. Um, why isn't it still that? Uh, why, why, why is the administration right now currently in office not allowing the people, uh, their constitutional ways, you know, to, to, um, you know, they're, they're, they're doing it in a way where, oh, I'm sorry, that, that machine was broke, but we'll, we'll just look the other way. Election's done. They're doing it like that. They're doing it. In, they're taking away your freedoms like that. You know, oops, I'm sorry. We accidentally, we accidentally didn't, um, get all the, the ballots counted for, uh, for the Republican candidate. That, but, but that's all right. Maybe we'll get it fixed by the next election. Nothing to see here. Let's move on. And they're kind of doing it that way. And that's just a broad, broad sweep example. We've seen it over in Arizona with the Kerry Lake uh, governor's uh, gubernatorial race. And so we've seen it, uh, we've seen it in the 2020 election, uh, January 6th, uh, January 3rd. So it's these things that keep happening. And it's like the broken water pipe over at the, at the elections, um, the, the main elections offices where the ballots are being counted, there's a broken water pipe. So we have to, we have to wait before we can get you an answer. <laughs> Every little thing, you know, that could act, that, that, uh, you can think of 
you know how Sean Hannity's always saying, you can't make this stuff up. They were, they were doing every bit of it. They were making it up. So let's go over and just speaking of Sean Hannity, let's go over and see what he was talking about. Uh, I think it was in this browser right here. Yeah, I want to see what uh, was going on on Jan uh, March 6th, which was yesterday evening. And what, what, who are we interviewing? Uh, I used to love this show. I haven't been watching it recently because I've been turning in just a little bit sooner, just before it comes on, I've been turning in. You should go back to Al Gore or Hillary Clinton. That seems like a sign of desperation to me. And all I see in the Republican Party, um, you know, from, from Trump on down, is a deep, solid bench of really strong America first, make America great again conservatives uh, that would do a great job uh, in an administration. Sure, it tells you a lot. Al Gore, Hillary Clinton, that's what we call reruns. It didn't work the first time. They're rerunning it. It's not going to work this time. There's a robust bench, to your point, on the side of the Republican Party. But Joe Biden, I mean, this is he's going to be coordinated. That's what's going to happen. He's not going to have a meaningful primary challenge. Marianne Williamson, we all remember her not going to work out there. But what I remember is being on Air Force One, taking off with President Trump, he would be setting off for five rallies. I could barely keep up with the man. And then you would see Joe Biden's team calling a lid at like 9.33 a.m., calling a lid, meaning no more events for the day. He was able to sleep his way through the 2020 campaign thanks to COVID-19. He cannot do that this time. And I've read reporting that his allies and those who are supporting him are counting on the fact that they believe that President Trump will be the nominee, will pick a fight with the Presidential Debate Commission, and therefore Joe Biden will not have to debate. Good luck with that, because Trump trounced Joe Biden in a debate. Last time around, I watched it. It was the third presidential debate. Counting on hiding again, not going to work. Let me ask you, Governor Huckabee, um, you, you, we've watched these races unfold over the years, but really they seem to be rudderless. And it, when you talk to Democrats, even even privately, nobody that I know that's a Democrat wants him to run again. They all see what we see. They see a man that is, frankly, you know, weak, frail and, and struggling mightily cognitively. Everybody sees it. Nobody thinks he's physically or mentally up to the job. Just if there's only a few of us willing to say it publicly. Well, only 37 percent of Democrats even want him to run. I mean, that's pretty embarrassing when your own party basically says, you know, yeah. six out of 10 of you don't even want you to show up for the battle. But I think he's headstrong to do it. If they're going to go back and get Hillary or Al Gore, why don't they just keep going back in history? Let's maybe go back to their real icon, FDR. I remember a few years ago, Bear Bryant had been passed away for quite some time and Alabama was struggling in their football program. And there were bumper strips all over Alabama that would say, get the bear, dig him up. I'm thinking that the Democrats' new slogan will be FDR, dig him up, because that's where they're going. They're going <laughs> to the past, not the future. And uh, it may be the only shot they've got. All right. Exit question for both of you. Does Gavin Newsom want to get in and will he get in? Kaylee. Wants to get in, will not get in. Joe Biden's about to be coronated. And governor? Wants to get in, will get in, and will be cremated. 
<laughs> All right, I can't top that, but I think oh, I'm with Governor Huckabee. He wants to get in. I think he's going to find a way in. All right, thank you both. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, yeah, if Newsom wants to get into the race, I'm sure he'll find a way. They, they definitely, you know, control, the people definitely control that party there in California. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's one of them things. I believe, though, what Governor Huckabee was saying right there, uh, you know, he'll get annihilated, though, in the race. Uh, that is, if everything's done fairly. I mean, we need to have our debates. We need to be able to, the ballots fixed, the voting machines. We should get rid of them and use paper uh, cast only and be counted by people and not uh, algorithms, things like that. If we can get all that fixed, um, you know, You'd be annihilated, Governor Newsom from California. But the other thing to keep in mind is that there are people that don't have any intention to get any of that voting stuff fixed. They love it the way it is. They want it to constantly have uh, the issues and to be able to switch votes and things like that, and the algorithms that, that work in their favor. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. That's where the struggle is. It's not so much the candidates themselves as it is you see the candidates that have the most clout during the, the, the rallies, during the campaigning, during the debates, and you see that they still lose. That means and then you hear about all the problems at the uh, during the ballot casting. So you see what's really happening. It's like a, when a regime takes over a country. It's just no matter what you thought happened during voting time, this is the people that are, uh, are being selected and not elected. But then again, that's a, what, am I an election denier for saying that? Well, I don't mean to be. I'm a patriot wants to remain free and just wants to have the best man for the job pulling the levers and representing the people that put them there. That's all it is. Just get, let's get back to what I learned back in college about what a democracy is. That, that's all I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to be an election denier. I do know that if something's broken, but it's not really broke, it's not being a denier. It's, it's just stating what happened. Yeah, it's got to go from there. All right, guys. All right. So I have reached a point of the show now. It's time to bring on our hope message. This is the American Freedom and God podcast. One of the things we have to make sure we do is include our Heavenly Father in the, the episodes. And so I intend to do that each and every time. And today, uh, bringing you Dr. David Jeremiah, Bible scholar and pastor for many, many years now, uh, over in San Diego, California, uh, the pastor of Turning Point. Uh, I believe it's... Yeah, it's in San Diego, California, but he travels the entire nation and the world and does his um, sermons. He doesn't just stay at the, I think it's the Shadow Mountain uh, Auditorium uh, Cathedral. And he doesn't just stay there. He travels the world to do his sermons, but he's primarily from there, and that's where he does his primary work. Let's listen to what he's saying today, guys. I don't have to tell you that this has been about the strangest year we've ever had. Just about every way you can imagine we have been reminded that life is uncertain. Serious people are asking everywhere you go, if these things are happening today, what will be the future for my children and my grandchildren? Well, there's only one reliable source of information about the future, only one that has an astounding record of accuracy, and that's the Bible. If you want to know about the future, there's only one place you can go and find any good information. Don't read the futurists. 
read the prophets. The Bible is filled with information to help us navigate the uncertain course that is before us. One pastor I know said that he doesn't ever preach on prophecy because he said prophecy distracts people from the present. An astute colleague definitely responded, well, then there's an awful lot of distractions in the Bible. There are 300 prophecies in the Bible concerning the first coming of Christ, but there are three times that many prophecies in the Bible concerning the second coming of Christ. If Almighty God prophesied His first coming over here, and now time has passed and we can trace what happened, and we say, you know everything He said, what happened, happened. And now He's prophesying another coming with the same kind of verbiage in the same prophets, what do you think he will do? I think he'll fulfill them, don't you? I think the things that he says will happen, will happen. And oh, my friends, how many truths there are in the Word of God about the days in which we are living and the time which is yet to come. If you want to know what in the world is going on, you have to turn to the Bible for some answers. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why am I on this earth at this particular time? Did you know that Almighty God could have dropped you down along the landscape of history any place He wanted? But He put you here. He put you here for now. God wants you here for now. So don't complain about not having lived at a different time or wish you could live in some future time. Embrace the fact that God has given you this time and then find out everything you can about how to live this time in the Holy Spirit power that he wants to give you. So where are we? What's happening? Well, let me just say, first of all, we're living in the generation of the rebirth of the nation of Israel. When I was seven years old, something happened in our world that has forever changed the landscape going forward. It almost happened off the radar screen as far as many people are concerned. It was 1948, so you do the math and you'll figure out how old I am. It was 1948 and the nation of Israel was born. And the significance of Israel's reemergence in her ancient homeland is critical to us because in order for all of the other end-time prophecies to happen, Israel has to be at home in her own land. And so now the beginning of the regathering of the nation of Israel has happened. Israel today is exhibit A in the lineup of convincing evidences that the Bible prophecies concerning the future are going to be fulfilled. Here, after all these years, is this little nation confounding everyone with their military ability and their commitment to survival. The little nation of Israel is one-nineteenth the size of California, not even as big as New Jersey, and yet here it is, God's special plan, God's special place, just as God said it would be, arising in the end time to be present so that all the prophecies that surround it could take place. Not only do you have the rebirth of Israel as a nation, but you have the redistribution of wealth through oil. After the 1948 refounding of the nation of Israel in her ancient homeland, even Bible-believing Christians often wondered what would draw the attention and animosity of the whole world to that little nation. 
I remember thinking, you know, I read the Bible, and the Bible says it's all going to end over there in Israel. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, this little tiny nation. Then all of a sudden, everybody began to realize it's the oil. The Bible says God is going to put a hook in the jaws of the nations, and I believe that hook is the oil. Oil in the Middle East will be like a magnet drawing all of the nations to that focal point for the final war that will take place on this earth. So we have the rebirth of Israel in our lifetime. We have the redistribution of wealth in our lifetime. And then keep your eyes on Europe, the realignment of Europe as well. In Europe today, we are seeing the fulfillment of a prophecy that many folks don't even know about. Did you know that in the book of Daniel, in the second and in the ninth chapter, Daniel saw the opportunity to interpret a couple of dreams. These two dreams basically are about one thing. They're about the history of the world from Daniel's time until Almighty God sets up his kingdom on this earth. Literally, what the prophecy is saying, men and women, is this, that what is happening in Europe today, this reorganization of Europe, 27 nations now in the European coalition, their own coins called the euro dollar. This reconnection of all the old nations of the Roman Empire are fulfilling the prophecies of Daniel. And pretty soon they will have their own president. They already have their own constitution. They tell us that this is now the most powerful block of nations in the world equaling almost the power and dominance of the United States. You say, Pastor Jeremiah, what is the significance of Europe? Why is that important? It's important for this reason. The Bible says that in the end time, there is going to be a ruler who comes upon this earth. He will rule the whole world. He will be the ruler of the whole world. I thought at one time that would be impossible. It's becoming more and more possible all the time, is it not? Through all of our technology, through all the things we're able to do, the Bible says he will abrogate power to himself and he will rule the whole world. Now, what the scripture says is this. This world ruler will come out of the reunited European coalition. In other words, out of the old Roman Empire, revived in the last time, this ruler will emerge. He will come from there. He's not going to come from the United States the Bible says that the Antichrist will not be revealed until after the rapture. So if you think you know who he is, you've been left behind. <laughs> the Bible says that all these things are happening and they're preparing the way for an event. Listen to me now, that could happen tonight. The Bible speaks of a moment in time and it's called the rapture. The rapture is an event that is yet to happen on this earth. And the Bible speaks of it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those that sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means perceive those who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort, encourage one another with these words. Now, Paul wrote this to a church in Thessalonica for one specific reason. Listen carefully. Almost everybody who was there in the church at the time believed that Jesus was coming back. They had been taught that, and they accepted it as true. But what they didn't understand was this. They had godly parents and grandparents and sisters and brothers and some of them children who also had trusted Christ, but they had died, and their bodies had been buried in the ground. And the Thessalonians wanted to know, what about them? What happens to them? And so Paul begins his little verse by saying, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. You all know that fallen asleep means died. That's what you say about a Christian who dies. He falls asleep. Paul addresses this to the ignorant brethren. Somebody said that's the largest congregation in the whole world, the ignorant brethren. I don't know if that's true or not. But these brethren were a bit ignorant about what was going to happen to their loved ones. And so Paul wrote this letter and he said, let me set this all straight for you. And he gave them a crystal clear outline. First he said, I want you to know that one day there's going to be a return. One day the Lord Jesus is going to come out of the skies and he's going to come into the heavens. And the Bible says he will come with a shout and the voice of an archangel and the trump of God. He's not going to send his angels. It won't be the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be John the Baptist. The Lord himself will return. And then Paul made this astounding statement. And he said, you're worried about those who've already died? Don't worry about them. For he said, the dead in Christ, once again, those are not the people sitting in the third row of your church, guys. I want you to know the dead in Christ are not the people that fall asleep on Sunday. The dead in Christ are the people who have died and are buried. And Paul says, now listen, the Lord is going to come back, but before he comes after you, He's going to get all of those who have already died and they're going to rise up from the ground and there's going to be a resurrection. And then he says, after the resurrection happens, after all those who have died in Christ have been raised up and they go up to the heavens with the Lord, the Bible says, and then those of us who are alive and remain, in other words, we haven't died and the Lord has come back. We're going to be caught up together with them to be with the Lord and so shall we ever be with him. Listen to me, men and women, there's coming a day when there's going to be a shout and the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God and only believers will hear it. And the Bible says all of the graves that have been occupied by those who are Christians will be opened and their bodies will be resurrected and go up to meet the Lord. And on their way up, all of their bodies will be re reformed and re remade as a resurrection body. And that can be as interpreted as a word for being caught up or snatched up or gathered up is uh, uh, the rapture. So even though it, that actual word isn't written in, in, in by Paul, we use that word to describe what's about to happen. It, it puts it all in a nutshell and we call it the rapture. And I've got some uh, some dear friends, uh, the Catholic side of things, telling me there's no rapture <laughs> but they also didn't listen to dr david jeremiah just now either so they're listening to whatever sermons or whatever whatever said during mass or on and before and after but they're not listening to what paul has written in first theologians 
chapter 4. So we interpret that event as being raptured. Um, there's other words for it too. So I, I think in an episode or two ago, I did the research on that. I've already, yeah, it's already slipped my mind. It's, there are words that mean being seized and caught up by our Lord. Or, you know, you could be, it could mean being caught up by anything, but it, 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 the word rapture, that's what that means. In this case, we put it to that scripture. Anyways, guys, uh, before we go, I got one more um, maniac song, uh, guitar maniac song to play for you from yours truly. And so if I could just do that real quick and then we'll, we'll leave the show on that note. On that note. <laughs> I would have thought I would have had this queued up already. What's going on? What's happening? What gives? Let's see. Go over to Great Portfolio. So, you know, I was doing this thing where I, uh, American freedom includes art and music. It includes the freedom to go and create videos and do things out there in the world and have a great time doing it. And so that was me. You know, I was doing that too. I played song Z for you already, song uh, X. Let's go ahead and play song Y. I don't even know. This one's only a minute long. So let's just, let's do that. Okay, and that was the one that got cut off. Uh, so, it's just a little sketch because the, it actually goes into another two minutes right there where I, I forget what happened. I never did go back and correct it. I just put it on the website with the rest of them. I, in the master tape, it's all there. I would have to go get that out. And I, I would also need a legacy player uh, to mix it down to get it, get it back into the computer. Uh, yeah, I just it's all up in a closet somewhere. Anyways, guys, you can just do it that way. You, you, you get out there, you play your music, you put it out on tape, and someday you can pull it back out and make a real song out of it or something. The other thing is, it's, it's a great portfolio at the website. I just like to have stuff on there. I have all my other songs on there. I'm still, I'm in the middle of making a new song, so we, it just didn't get motivated enough to finish it yet we're getting there though we're getting there all right and then all these other songs on that uh, part of great portfolio are available at johnpfox.com there's no h there's only one x johnpfox.com forward slash portfolio forward slash music or you can go to any of the other tiles at the uh, great portfolio so i had to put great in there in order to differentiate a page one page from the other but I didn't mind doing it because it is just that. Uh-oh, images didn't load. What's going on with this script? 
That's all right. It matters not on today. That kind of thing doesn't matter. So that's about it for today's show, guys. We're going to go ahead and do it again next week. And, uh, you know, I do hope that the sermons that I play for you uh, or even the discussions that I do from just yours truly, I start talking about some of my own writings and my um, Making Time for God series. And then I also just start um, talking about what I've learned and what's been clarified about God's Word in my own head and try to minister that to you. And I just hope that this is helping you some. If you're not already there, I pray that you will accept Jesus in your heart and take that with you the rest of your life and start to notice the Holy Spirit and how he works in your life. Because I've been noticing it since I was just a little kid. And I'm still noticing it more than ever before on this day. It was a pleasure to come here and do this show for you again. Accept the Lord in your heart. Make sure you get that done. Look at God's words. Open the book. Read a page. If you only read one page a day, before you know it, you'd be through the whole book. Just kid. Let, let it into your heart. Let it into your life and watch how things change. You won't get angry the same ever again. <laughs> That's about it. Thanks for listening. We'll do it again next weekend. This has been the American Freedom and God Podcast. Join us every week for the latest episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review the series. Visit us and comment on a blog post at johnpfox.com. Happy listening, and remember to always show your awesome. Bye. Stupid is stupid does.